Hi Sharp Scratch listeners, I hope you're all keeping well. Just wanted to give you a little bit of information about the episode that's coming up. This was recorded um, before the kind of special circumstances caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. We know that a lot of your exams have been moved online or even cancelled completely, but we hope you'll still find our discussions useful. Today on Sharp Scratch, you'll learn how to treat your OSCE like an audition for the part of doctor, how to avoid a catheter catastrophe, and how to incorporate power stances and polos into your OSCE routine. You're listening to Sharp Scratch, how not to bomb your OSCEs. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we talk about all the things you want to know to be a good doctor, but that you might not get taught at med school. I'm Anna, and I'm a final year medical student at King's, and I'm also the editorial scholar here at the BMJ. And I'm very pleased to welcome back into the studio our awesome panel members from the last episode, Declan and Laura. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Declan. I'm an F1 working up in Newcastle. Um, and I've done many an OSCE in my time, so hopefully we'll be able to give some sort of advice. <laughs> and I'm Laura, I'm a fifth year med student at the University of Cambridge, um, and it's just such a delight to see you guys again since the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> in your company again. And we have also got with us in the studio our amazing expert guest, who you may remember from the last episode. But David, would you like to introduce yourself for anyone who hasn't listened to our last episode? Hello, I'm David Brill. I'm an F2 at the Royal Free Hospital in North London. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about uh, exams and Oscars recently because I've just written a book called uh, Making a Medic, the Ultimate Medical School Survivor Guide. I still get a bit of PTSD thinking about Oscar's fun, so I'll do my best. Just get a little bit, a little bit sweaty and shaky yeah, just, just thinking about little, it. Yeah, dry yeah. mouth and yeah. shaky legs. It, it's true though. Like you can't, I can't even think of the word without like remembering that feeling of, of being outside, like my first Oscar when I'd never done anything like that before. So we're continuing on with our little theme of exams. So today we, as you will have heard from our title we're going to be talking about OSCEs for anyone who doesn't know um, what OSCEs are or maybe that terminology isn't used at your med school it stands for objective structured clinical examination so it's basically practical exams so different med schools have different ways of setting up these exams but the basics are you will go and take a history or do an examination or do a practical skill or some combination of um, those three things in a set amount of time and also whilst being eyeballed by an examiner who sat in the corner. So I don't know about you guys, but OSCEs make me way more nervous than written exams. 100%. Um, and I think also this probably comes from the fact that I failed my first ever OSCE that I did at med school, um, which really like knocked my confidence like about, you know, doing any practical exams at all um obviously it all turned out fine for anyone I'm still I still am at med school they didn't kick me out because I failed one exam Mm. um but yeah at the time like I was devastated obviously um so before we talk a little bit about how you can prep for OSCEs have any of you had any like complete OSCE disasters yep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you don't you don't this is a safe space you don't have to expand on that (laughs) if you don't want to yes and then a little tear um (laughs) yeah 
Um, the one that really springs to mind is where I basically ended up like having an argument with the examiner while I was in there. I can't remember what it was. I ended up failing this OSCE. <laughs> I got like, I think it was like four marks out of 25 or something. Um, so did you fail the OSCE or did you fail the station? I because failed the these... station okay. and so terribly that mm. I ended up failing the OSCE as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it was about fluid balance or something. I can't quite remember, but I'd never seen the chart before. And I wasn't getting anything back from the examiner. And I was just like... I haven't seen this before. Can you just <laughs> help please, me? Please help. Just help me. And he just, he just did nothing. And I was like, mate, I've not seen this before. And I was getting probably angry. And but like, presumably him and like the examiner was like, I can't. I have to do the same <laughs> yeah, for every he was, person. He was, I know. And you're just getting more and more I tense. Was just, I was just being rage. Um, yeah. And then I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and did you square up to the examiner? Yeah. Um, and then it was and station then, and a half. Yeah, Slam the door behind you. I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> and then yeah. So then it was next station. So I put that down and. I failed. Um, and then also a hilarious one was um, catheterization, which actually was in the same in the same Oscar. So that's probably why I failed the whole Oscar because I messed up that. And then I remember like trying to um, put the jelly in the penis to catheterize it. A model penis, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> and just totally missed. Oh, <laughs> and just, like, oh my the god! Gel what, the went everywhere. Gel? Yeah. I've got it on the seat. I got it on the ceiling. Mate, it went everywhere. <laughs> my hands were shaking, so I couldn't get it in the penis. <laughs> and it's just such a mess. Um, I think everyone so has a catheterization like y- nightmare story because yeah, I that's so. We had this weird thing where um, they started doing the OSCEs across like multiple different hospitals, but they were all the same stations. So they didn't have enough like arms for like fake arms for blood pressure or fake penises for doing catheterization for all the sites. So they tried to put in these like weird practical skills. So the practical skill I got in my third year OSCE was like prepare the materials for someone else to catheterize. And mm. I just practiced like doing the whole catheterization yeah, thing. Yeah. We had no idea that like anything like this would come up. And I kid you not, the equipment was, there was one small table and it literally had a pile of equipment on it. And nothing was in boxes, nothing was labeled. Like I didn't know what anything yeah, was. There was one pair of sterile that. gloves. And I was just so confused and distressed. And actually they did end up taking the taking that station out because mm. like basically no one knew what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of realistic for when you're starting a new ward, except for the fact that if you're on a new ward, you don't have a time limit and you also have other people that you can ask. Yeah, (laughs) or like a lady like glaring at you from over a clipboard because you look so incompetent because you don't know what's going on. And on real wards, equipment is like labelled and put neatly on shelves where you can find it, not just in a massive pile. And grouped by sort of category of what it's for and things like that. Yeah, That's a weird station. Mm. What about you, Lara? Any... Oscar disasters. Oscar disasters. Uh, the one that comes back. Put together. So I, I don't mind Oscars that much. <laughs> I, I get a bit of sort of like that stage fright feeling before I go into them. But like, I back my com skills more than I do my knowledge, and so I, I tend to feel a bit more insecure about the outcome of a written exam than I do about the Oscars. Um, where like I know everyone will fail a couple of stations because you don't do everything perfectly, and there'll be times when you miss really obvious things. But I'm, I just I just feel more and also like feeling confident helps me perform better in the exam as well. So mm. I just I just try and get into that mindset of like this is this is my comfort zone. I can do this even whilst I'm getting the 
the the shakiness of like having to perform because it is that's what it is isn't it like it's like yeah. 10 or 15 little performances one after the other yeah, yeah. Mm. my first one we had a, a breaking bad news station uh and i broke some bad news and it was to do with an amputation and i was asked about driving and i didn't know the answer and i just i just made it up i made up the answer and then i looked it up and i'd gotten it wrong but i didn't fail the station which was just bananas mm. to me but mm. you know i I don't know. I just I said it as if I had known, as if I had looked it up, uh, and I I don't you feel just good about that. Yourself so much. I don't like. It's like just just go with it. I don't. I like. I felt bad about that. Like in the exam, I put it aside because I was a new station. But when I was reflecting on it, I was like, I failed that station because you, like it's. It's much better to say that you don't know as a, in a clinical situation mm. than mm. to lie. I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. Exactly, yeah. that's the one. Like, I don't know. Take a I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to okay. see. We'll have to see how this develops before mm. you can answer that question. But it's important that you prepare yourself for mm. the worst. Something you know, something like that would have been much better than to say, mm. uh, "No, you can never drive," mm. because I I later learned that it is possible to drive with one leg. You can get adapted adapted vehicles mm. and mm. things like that. So. Um, Good practical tip. Uh, good practical tip. Don't lie. But yeah. it is. But when you're under pressure, I was under pressure. I just yeah, said it. Yeah. I, they asked me a question. I didn't know the answer to, and I just said, I just said something with confidence because that's it's a performance. I wanted mm. to appear, appear confident. Mm. But you can say I don't know confidently as well, which is definitely something yeah. I've cultivated over the past half mm. a year to go back to uni after a year out. Yeah. It's interesting you say it's a performance because that's something I one of my coping strategies for Oscars was that I always used to tell myself that basically you're, you're an actor auditioning for the role of a, a doctor. This used to help me deal with nerves because I, I would get quite nervous internally in Oscars and I would just tell myself, well, it doesn't matter what's going on in your head as long as you look the part and you act the part, then they don't know how nervous you are. So you, you're essentially, I think a way to think about Oscars is you're auditioning, you're just mm. trying to show them that you look like a doctor, you sound like a doctor, mm. you could one day be a doctor and you'd be safe and competent and that's really what they're mm. trying to assess. It mm. doesn't matter if you miss some things or you don't get everything right. You, if, if, if they think you can do this job, that's essentially what they're trying to work out. Mm. Mm. Someone said to me, just think of it as like showing off like what you can do and I was like oh, that's a, yeah that suits me that framing suits me <laughs> <laughs> just start juggling baking yeah. cakes whatever you got but I think everyone you know all med schools have these like rumours of like horrible mm. things that have happened to people in Oskis that go round and it's all kind of fun and games in hindsight but at the time it can feel completely mortifying if you make mm. a stupid mistake because yeah. Even if the likelihood is you're not going to fail because of that one mistake, but you do feel, like, pretty awful about it. But I was wondering, because, um, like, every med school um, has kind of different setup for their OSCEs, what are the kind of key things do you think people need to find out about the exam before they kind of start prepping? I think well, I mean, when it is, obviously, is a, mm-hmm. is a good time yeah. to start. Date, but... date of the exam, yes, but, like, Location. yeah. Yeah. The number of minutes you have mm. for an examination or a history taking that is so important because you you can practice the examinations you need to do like everything you need for a cardiovascular exam but you need to know what time you need to get it down to like there's you know there's memorizing the steps and then there's being able to do it slick enough to fit in the time mm. confidently even when you're doing it with a stranger not with your because you can always go a bit faster with your fellow med students than you can with someone you've never met before so I think that's one of the most important things you need to know about your med school is how many minutes do you have for 
the station before you have to chat to the examiner. And I think once you find that out, it's essential to practice to a timer as you get closer to OSCEs oh, yeah, because definitely. you can take a history from a patient in GP, uh, whatever pace you like, and you, you did a good job. But if you've got, let's say, you've got a 10-minute station of which probably you need a minute to wrap up and present your findings at the end, and maybe it takes you a minute to introduce yourself at the start, that's leaving you eight minutes to do your full history. And that, in an OSCE, especially when you're nervous, that is goes unbelievably fast. Mm. So you need to practice, you need to drill your self to the, the to the timer like mm. do it at home I, I used to practice with um my daughter's teddies i would set a timer and just talk to them or examine them <laughs> just to get used to speaking out loud for a certain amount of time because you, you, it's 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 difficult unless you do it you don't know how long eight minutes is under pressure yeah, yeah. so mm. and then you just get quicker at just whizzing through making sure that you did the the social history and the medication history and just everything out loud mm. practice did you just drop in that you had a daughter while you were at med school Yes, I've got. Oh, tickets. that's lit, man! <laughs> oh, can we do another episode on being a parent in med school? That's, that's we bananas. Cert- we, we certainly can. Yeah, oh, we wow. certainly can. And I think the other thing to say is like knowing how many stations there's gonna be. Like, this yeah. sounds like really basic information, but I don't remember knowing any of this stuff before mm-hmm. I went into my first OSCE, which probably has something to do with why I failed it. Um, you know, knowing that you know you're gonna have to have a certain amount of stamina to do, say, twelve ten-minute stations like in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, mm. that's a long time to concentrate. Mm. It's really hard to, like, switch yourself off between them as well. Switch yourself mm. off from the previous one and then you really have to how much time it. do you have mm. to read the information for the next one? Mm. You might it's just have one timings, minute in yeah. between. You need well, to put yeah. the last station behind you, read the instructions and go into the new one in yeah. the space of 60 seconds. No matter how kick. much of a disaster yeah. the previous <laughs> one was. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to discuss a bit more how to prep for OSCEs um, in kind of the weeks and months leading up to them. But that will be right after this. How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. Okay, so this is where the talk gets heavy for me because I'm going back to medical school in August and my final OSCEs will be in January of 2021. Mm. So, David, realistically, do I need to start prepping now? I would say your OSCE preparation needs to, for me, I'd say needs to move through a few different phases because it's like I suppose it's like training for a marathon isn't it you don't want to peak too early you want your peak performance to be on the day if you like started drilling everything next week so that you're super slick and it's only April and you've still got till January you're probably peaking a bit too early so I think what you do need to do though I think certainly so I would say a lot of OSCE um, doing well in OSCEs is about muscle memory and practice and looking slick and polished and like you've done it before and the best way to look like you've done it before is to have done it before lots of times so on placements examine real patients you'll just find that they move 
differently to your friends, moving around the bedside, positioning, the language that you use to explain what you want to do. You just need to get as used to doing that as possible with real patients. And then you on the day, you'll look that much more comfortable. You'll look like you've done it before. And the examiners can tell if you've never done it before. Oh, they yeah, can tell probably. straight away because mm-hmm. you're, you're awkward and you're clumsy. So... I would say, you know, examine as many patients as you can on placements, talk to patients, practice taking histories, practice with your friends as much as you can. Um, and then as the day approaches, then start to really ramp up the, you know, the frequency and start to use timers, get together with your friends and start to, um, a- as you get closer, there's a few things you can do to make it more realistic for the day. So you start to ask each other viva questions, put yourself under pressure just to see how you react. Because it's a safe space with your friends. If you can mm. handle, well, <laughs> on your friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can handle um, thinking on the spot, think, uh, thinking on your feet and answering a few questions, that gets mm. you into a better place for the OSCE. If, if you've never really put yourself under that kind of time pressure or needing to adjust and adapt, then and you're, the first time you're doing that is on the day, then it's difficult because mm. you're, you're floundering a bit. Get, get used to throwing curveballs at each other towards the end of a station, things like that. Mm. I think knowing that friend is a very important thing. There was only one guy who I ever um, practiced with throughout my entire time at med school um, because in first year I'd attempted it with other people. Mm. And, you know, I think, I think too many people is difficult it mm. wastes too much time also like mm. you know find someone that you can critique and can critique mm. you definitely. Um, mm. you have to have a group you're comfortable with yeah yeah definitely in my fourth year for Oroskis I told you about we had in Cambridge got this college system we had a particularly nice college group and we did set it up so that we had like six pairs and six people would be impatient and the other six would go around and do six different stations mm. and then completely swap yeah. And that was, I mean, we were lucky that was we had that such a nice you? big group that was big enough mm. and and collaborative and positive enough yeah, to do such to a big thing. But that was that's that was a fun time mm. as well. I don't yeah. know, it was fun because it was, it was pretty low stakes. Mm. Like, you're with your pals, you yeah, can make yeah. mistakes. I mean, we used to get pizza in, have some wine, have some beers and practice, yeah, practice in the med school. <laughs> as sad as that sounds, but, you know, you've, you've got you to gotta, make it. Exactly, you have to make it enjoyable get somehow. Doing these kind of studying things. Yeah. It's like, it is like, unlike written exams, it's quite a sociable way of revising yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely it's yeah. very sociable and I think there's something like for me there's something to be said and this is just a personal preference about actually practicing with a variety of different people because everyone will kind of pick up different things have different mm. styles and I know that I have like directly transplanted things into my examinations that just because I've seen like one junior doctor do it and I thought oh I like that like mm. I'll mm. have that and I think there's also that that element is like you don't be scared to like have small differences in your the way you examine people like you're not going to be exactly the same as like geeky medics video yeah. mm-hmm. exactly the same as your friend and like, you might think what you do is actually better than geeky medics or whatever i think really what kind of my thoughts with oscars was know the reason for what you're doing so like if you're doing a cardio exam know why you're listening to the heart know mm. why you're looking for the jvp um if you cover all of the things that you need to cover because you're that's what you're looking for in your examination then it doesn't really matter how you do it if mm. there's little differences and it's better to do a slick uh, examination from start to finish and maybe miss the collapsing pulse or some small minor points, but look like you did a good job and you're a competent doctor than to sort of stumble your way through going, right, what do I need to do now? Right, And mm. ticking, trying to tick every box, but just not. It doesn't sit together right. It doesn't look mm. professional. Um, I think it's better that you just you need to be comfortable. You need to do your thing. You need mm. to hit all the big 
the big boxes yeah. and wrap it up in time and just look like you could be a doctor one day. Yeah. Can I ask a question about, so we talked a lot about the, like, the social aspect of revising for OSCEs. And I think all of us have had partners at some point while studying for OSCEs, like practicing on your partners. Is that a thing for you guys? Did, did Absolutely not. Um, I didn't know. I, I mean, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have a partner throughout med school. I, so, I, yeah. I examined my oh, like, little brother, but I, I mean, I knew that I, there probably wasn't going to be like a real kid in the Oski, so it wasn't like a high. Really, we've got real. Kids we've in had ours. real kids in Oscars yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Like, like little kids, like little kids. Really? Yeah, I did in the examination, yeah. like yeah. a five-year-old or something. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? That's yeah, so, I mean, that's not something that's ever. Yeah. I mean, maybe it could in the future. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, but did you, David? Did I practice, practice examinations? I used to try practicing things on my wife, but she pretty very quickly told me that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, I used to practice some things with my kids, like yeah. cussing and <laughs> listening to their chest. They found that funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Generally, no, you end up just doing it with your friends. I, think, I know quite a lot of people school. who do them with their partners, but then maybe it's med students dating med students. Yeah, That's I think yeah. it could be a distraction as well, couldn't it? Because we got all that romance stuff going on. <laughs> 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 at, least, at least I know there's no romance between me and Leon, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel it's like if you're story. if you're going to examine someone who's not another student or doctor who can give you feedback on mm. your examination, you should be doing it on a real patient, right? Like not just some like <laughs> random. I don't know. Any many any member of the public can be a real patient. Like and yeah, like yeah. the the benefit is practicing the instructions. Like I don't know for the neuro exam, we have to do all the different arm positions to oh, test power. Yeah, like yeah. it can be really useful to run that through someone with someone who's never been to the doctor and mm. and has never participated. So is that you? Did you do oh. practice with your partner? I mean, I remember on my first day of clinical school where we learned how to take pulses and how to introduce ourselves. And I came, <laughs> I came, well, we had a date night and I went to his and I was like, I'm so excited. I learned all this stuff today. Let me show you. Let me show you what I learned. Let me show you. And, and, then like, you and he, he was like, caught up with the excitement. He was like, yeah, okay. And so I went, hi, my name's Lauren Nunes Mulder. Oh, I'm a fifth year med. And he went, what are you doing? <laughs> And I said, this is it. This is what I learned. This is this is this, this, this is what med school is. He said, uh, <laughs> "Don't talk to me like that." <laughs> and so that's how that went. <laughs> Didn't even get to take a pulse or anything. So. <laughs> Did your med schools get you to like cannulate each other and take bloods and things? We were like, um, we, we were specifically not allowed to. Yeah, we yeah. Oh either, really? We oh, oh, we were definitely allowed to. We were kind of encouraged. Yeah, I've got really good. Um, <laughs> what are these veins called? Cephalic? I can't remember. These like good. Um, Arm veins. Arm veins. <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> That's the one. And uh, yeah, so lots of people did them. And I, you know, I did it. I practiced an ABG on a colleague. Didn't did hurt you? as much as we expected. Not okay. I've not had one done on me. I've had nasogastric tubes done on me. Yeah, we really? were. Yeah, we wow. were encouraged to. Were you? Other than catheterization, we, we were encouraged to practice most that. things on yeah, each other. Yeah, we got an angry email when they found um, like real blood in the been in the like clinical wow. skills center because it it's like it's an, an infection control thing i think mm. wow no we have like <laughs> we have like it's just, just old school like <laughs> just these, do it on each other we have, like, obviously we've got, we've got like some out of date equipment so you have to be you're not allowed to use that if mm. you're going to be doing it on each other we have lots of outdated equipment if you're using the dummies because that's it's like an efficient way to use that stuff up isn't it but then so you make sure you use the in-date stuff check all the dates do it properly hand hygiene love it you do you practice on the dummies first obviously you always learn on the dummies and it's got to be done with proper consent mm. but yeah no it's, it's i mean it's i don't know it's i think it's nice to know that you can do it on a person who is there i mean yeah. we've had med like some of my classmates i wasn't in that class but there were some people who 
took took blood from each other and then one of them fainted. So like it's not it's not without its uh <laughs> no, it's yeah, not without yeah. its risks, but you know, we Yeah, I think that's what you know they're trying feels, to avoid then? by like not yeah. laying us tear yeah. on each other. But then at least we know how it feels. Like I so I haven't had an A B G done on me, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind letting another med student practice, providing they'd done it on the machine before. Because then at least you know what it's like. Mm. At least you know what you're doing to other people. That's another good thing with the OSCE practice as well is to be vo- volunteer to be the guinea pig because then mm. you get to experience what it's like having someone do these things to you. Like if they're trying to position you for a, a respiratory exam and it just feels awkward and, and uncomfortable, then you know that and then you can use that yourself mm. when you're with patients like you know this this is what's comfortable and, and now you know that so i think yeah, and even it, when we, we used to have the classes where they'd go anyone volunteer to be examined mm. and no one wants to and someone eventually has to but actually then when you 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 that means you're getting examined in front of the class by an expert by a neurologist or whatever and mm. you by having them do it to you you really learn how mm. it should be done in a way that you won't get from sitting in the crowd. Also, yeah. key tip, if you volunteer to be examined, then you're the one doing the examining. That is true. So, that so. Is true. <laughs> Life hacks from Anna. <laughs> but my biggest tip I give to people, always go first. Mm. Yeah, because no, then there's yeah. no expectation of yeah. you. Also, these things always first. get harder as the yeah, day goes on. If yeah, you volunteer yeah, first yeah. for anything, it's yeah. usually the easiest Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think that there is um, definitely merit in having like a... But this is making me sound like I practice literally everything in my life. Um, <laughs> but like a, as close to the real situation as possible, like mm. it can be like quite difficult to arrange. But I think sometimes like med socks or, you know, thing, you know, societies at uni will like arrange simulations or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think they are worth doing because, you know, it, it is it is a different environment, like yeah. just being in a room with yeah. your friends, even if you are timing. And like it's even things like literally how you move in between and like how quickly you need to move and how close the stations are together Mm. that was a massive surprise to me in the oski that actually it was like three seminar rooms with the walls like pushed away or like i don't know fold out walls yeah three seminar rooms with like loads of like uh those stand-up boards like partition Mm. boards yeah yeah, and everything was so close to each other so you're doing oski and you can hear everyone Mm. you can hear the people in the station ahead of you Mm. and you're like oh my goodness, that must mean my psychiatry history station's next. And mm. But you're trying to focus on where you are, like all these kind of things that Definitely. I think was such a surprise to me when I came to it. Essential. You can, we, I used to organise with our friends who would get together like 10 of us and just mm. do, um, you find out the timings and you just, at someone's house, we'd get together and just do like 10 minute stations, one minute in between, 10 minute station, one minute mm. in between. And you just, you'll you'll do so much better on the day if you're just comfortable with that, yeah. the timings yeah. and the movement. Mm. And, the, and from what you said, like it sounds like it's valuable to be, the med student role it's valuable mm. to be the patient role if you've got enough people it could be valuable to be in the examiner role and like if you sometimes you yeah get, like, i don't know if anyone's done like mock oski examining but i did that for some second years and it really made me realize how difficult it is to concentrate on what people are doing so like you and, and actually someone told me that like the examiners are just they just have like a powerpoint presentation before mm. they start examining right they're not okay. you know they're, they're usually just doctors who have been kind of cajoled in, yeah. yeah into like coming and doing a half day at the med school and it is hard to concentrate and if mm. you've got a, a tick list and you're also trying to maybe like fill out feedback forms or whatever you will miss stuff so like as an examiner so I think doing that really made me realize like 
it took I took some of the pressure off myself because I knew that if I missed something small, like yeah. the likelihood was they probably weren't going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, and but that's where the com- the confidence and the impression mm. and the slickness, yeah, the big picture matters more. Exactly, and uh, the little details for the examiners. You know they're going to get bored. Mm. Um, yeah. So you kind of I think. <laughs> From from doing that examiner role, I think that kind of helps your clinical role as well, though, because you really want to. I mean, I speak out loud, so if I was doing a cardio exam, mm. I would sp- speak and say what I'm doing. And the reason I did that is because you know the examiner is going to be bored, so kind of we I will give them the marks, mm. make sure that they mm. take it off because mm. I'm saying that I'm doing it. And they've just sat and watched twenty people do the same. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Them. So yeah. it goes. Yeah. You, you know, I, th- I think it's important to try and make a good first impression in an OSCE station because the, you know they've yeah. just like I said they've just been sitting there so and you've just walked in and I think if you can uh, you know you look the part stand up straight introduce yourself yeah. clearly make eye contact come across as a nice person yeah. then realistically they're probably going to give you the benefit mm. of the doubt on some of the stuff I do think it's worth rehearsing just a first sentence yeah. um, mm. and that re- I think that kind of settles your nerves mm. but does give a good first yeah. impression as well so to what extent does all this stuff trans like all this kind of OSCE prep focusing on your confidence and your attitude and the slickness as being perhaps more important in the exam than the details, to what extent does that carry forward to being a doctor? Like, is th- that sounds quite far removed mm. to what your emphasis is when you're actually practicing. I think um, I think one of the things when you become a real doctor and or even at med school when you start watching real doctors in action is mm. you realize how much of the stuff that you get taught in the clinical examinations isn't actually that realistic. Yeah. Like certainly at my med school, we were taught this, you're taught this very rigid, structured way mm. to examine where you have to do the collapsing pulse and then you listen to the heart in the four different places and then you lean the forwards and backwards and auscultate for carotid breweries and all this step after step. Yeah. Now, if you actually watch a real doctor listen to a heart, they just I don't think I've ever done that one. Stethoscope mm. on the mm. chest and they yeah. listen and they go, it's normal there. heart sounds yeah. and then they move on. So, yeah, yeah. but. In the early stage of med school, you do need to do it the way you were taught because mm. otherwise you, you won't get the marks. But then as you progress through med school and into being a junior doctor, you start to just become much more realistic, much more fluid. You just do the things that you think are mm. relevant. Like, you yeah, need, like yeah. I'm on urology at the moment and they don't listen to chests and they, they're not, not very interested yeah. in the neuro exam because they're urologists, so they're interested and in the catheter. I think it's important to remember as well, like the difference between OSCEs and actual clinical scenarios is realistically, you can go back to the patient in a, clinical scenario yeah. and say oh, I'm really sorry I forgot to ask you about X please could you know yeah. um, and I've seen doctors do that like loads mm. of times and uh, also how many people are going to clock if one patient gets admitted through A&E they're going to be clocked by like five different people so you're going to have yeah. all of that like yeah. background info as well Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the giving off an aura of competence that remains very yeah, important definitely. doesn't it I, th- yeah. I think the OSCE setup is is quite artificial, and of course, um, yeah. you know uh, what I said about them—they're looking for good, good doctors. It's like, yeah, like what you're saying—if you're if you're confident and you have a nice way with patients, a nice rapport, um, but you still seem professional and competent at the same time, then that'll stand you in much better stead for being a junior doctor than if you remember to look for Osler notes. Okay, so before we wrap up, has anyone got any like practical tips about what to do on the day? Because we spoke quite a lot in the previous episode about sort of what to do on the day of your written exam. Um, what about on the day of your OSCE? Oh, fluid management has got to be so important for an OSCE. Like <laughs> there is so little opportunity to go for a wee, mm. unlike mm. a written exam where there's some some opportunities in an OSCE. I don't know, it depends. 
the one the one that I've had had a rest station in it, and that was Did your it? chance to go oh, for a pee. Nice. But your rest station is fixed, so it could be really near the beginning of your exam or near the end because it's just part of the rotation, mm. part right. of the circuit. I was lucky that it was in the middle, which is, seems like prime time. Yeah. If you're going to need a wee, it'd be in the middle, time. right? But if it's right at the end and you need a wee at the start, or mm, if it's at the enough. start and you need a wee, it's like yeah. you know. So um, <laughs> have a have a little think about how to manage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always carried a bottle of water around with me in an Oski. Really? Yeah. For because I mean, my Carrying finals, things. my finals Oski was like half communication skills, and after you've talked for ten minutes, and then you go and you talk for another ten minutes, mm. and then you go. Yeah, so... Was that in your, with your... Did you keep it in your man bag? No, <laughs> no I didn't bring my man bag on my Oscars. No, <laughs> I just used to compulsively eat polos to keep my mouth moist because I, I got such dry yeah. mouth in yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah. you eat polos? Like, in the one minute like between stations. Do you fully like chew them down? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, if you, if you put it... If you start your polo straight at the end of a station while well, you've got 60 seconds to <laughs> You've got that down. You're in there with a nice tea. moist mouth ready to go. <laughs> 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 polos, well, I, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never thought of that. Well, yeah. most of my clinical clothes don't have pockets for polos, so mm, yeah. what a shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other thing is, I, we've already mentioned it, but just to like re-emphasize, like they don't know what happened in a previous station. Use that time, you know, your reading time to like compose yourself. I know a lot of people like to do a little power stance. Mm. Um, oh yeah, in their really? reading time. That's a good idea. Yeah, and um, I'm doing a power stance right now. <laughs> I don't know if the podcasters can hear the difference in my voice. <laughs> and um, I think I al- I always like read the thing and then think about what the first thing I'm going to do is, mm, and yeah. which is always go and gel my hands. Um, yeah. But it just reminds you because sometimes the hand gel is like in a weird place um so if you just think the first thing i'm gonna do is make a beeline for the hand gel and then everything just and this might sound obvious but it's very important to read the instructions carefully and there's usually a a copy inside the station as well and you can pause you can take a time out say i'm sorry i just need a quick time out look at the instructions because if you go off on the wrong track and it's asked for a cardio respiratory exam but you're just doing the respiratory exam then you're going to lose half the mark so you need to stop and and you know readjust and get get the um, get the task right because if mm. you're do, if you're doing the wrong task, it's easily done yeah. in the heat at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Another really valuable thing for the day is to thank the patient or actor and the examiner on your way out of the room. Mm. Are you reading my script, Laura? Am I? <laughs> oh no, that's. I just thought of this. This is a good tip for the actual day of. Mm. You know, you're talking about. We've talked a lot about introducing yourself in that first line, but if that can be your last line, like yeah. it leaves. A good impression. I mean, they've probably given you a mark already by then, but it's just polite. And yeah, and it's also a genuine thank you. Like, yeah. thanks. Uh, at King's, most of our patients aren't actors. They're real patients who yeah. volunteer. That's great. So, you know, they've given up their time. Mm. And, and they usually contribute to your mark in some way. So yeah. they usually yeah. have yeah. a patient. To be completely ruthless. So yeah. you have to be nice to them, as you should yeah. be to real patients too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just respectful, isn't it? Like, like there's so much, uh, there's so much other stuff going on in your mind, and your priorities might be, I just want to get through this exam, just pass it. But mm. remember that, like, there's real people in that exam hall with you. It's not just about yourself in that moment. So it's really great. Yeah. Kind of think and that poor patient has ha- just had like clothes on, clothes on, yeah, clothes on, clothes like on. Yeah. fifteen people examining their respiratory <laughs> <laughs> system. <laughs> Um, I think so another yeah. thing uh, at your men's schools did you get a buzzer with one minute to go or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah we, we get this horrible like doo doo sound mm. and now even if I hear that that I'm must like, be so triggering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that PTSD coming back uh, yeah. I think um, you've got to use that 
buzzer to your advantage because yeah. if you so part of your preparation for OSCEs I think is it's important to look at mark schemes and understand how OSCEs work and what they're looking for but essentially they're I suppose at their heart they're a tick box exercise where you're doing certain things that are expected of you and you're hitting a, a tick every time you do a thing so there's a certain number of ticks that are going to be for your closure at the end a summary thanking the patient covering the patient back up and this is stuff that takes nearly a minute so when that buzzer goes and you've got a minute left you need to wrap up and move to your finish otherwise if you're still stuck halfway through your history and you think oh, i'll just plow on and get through as much as i can you're actually just missing a bunch of marks at the end and then they'll you'll, they'll comment that you didn't close the, mm. the station properly and if you're scrambling to do that after the buzzer's gone then they can't take anything that you've said because uh, the, the station's already finished so i think wherever you're at when that one minute buzzer goes just move on and and wrap it up and summary mm. thank the patient and you'll pick up more marks just yeah. in that last minute mm. than if you just carry on that's with a what good you're tip doing. and a really good tip someone gave me is that if you get stuck and you don't know like what to say this is more for history taking or communication skills not really examinations but just summarize like just summarize what's oh, yeah, already definitely. been said it gives you like 20 seconds to think about kind of what you're going to do next and you know it makes the patient know that you've actually like listened mm. to them and you'll jog your own memory about yeah. ideas you had earlier yeah. that you didn't explore yeah. or holes that you've not yet covered I think another thing as well that gets missed a lot is the general inspection, you know, in Oh, yeah, you have to do this, like, weird, like, I am looking yeah, around exactly. the room. Stand at the end of the bed with your hands behind Mobility your back. Mobility Power stance at the end of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Some med schools are quite strict on it, aren't they? Like, uh, I think I heard Oxford and Cambridge maybe uh, quite strict on, or maybe it was the London one. Yeah. Uh, um, if you... You know, you, you need to show them that you just just take five seconds at the start, stand at the end of the bed, look around, and y you people often forget that step because they're so nervous and they want to dive straight into yeah. examining the hands or the yeah. abdomen or whatever it is. And I like look in the corners as well because I've yeah. missed many a walking stick. Mm. Um, There's always inhalers somewhere. Inhalers or, yeah. or like other like random stuff just yeah. scattered about. You know, as as it would be in a real. Yeah. And actually take that time to look because sometimes the patient might have a, a an armband on that they've got a penicillin allergy or yeah. something. It might be yeah. part of the station that yeah. they're trying to trick you if yeah. you don't mm. see that and then yeah. they've been prescribed yeah, these things they can check it's the right yeah. patient and that all as well that kind yeah. of stuff always, always good try to trip always good as a doctor as well yeah. I've, I seen, mean, yes. no, <laughs> I've seen I've seen the wrong patient I have, I have also seen <laughs> that several times yeah. so thank you guys so much for sharing your experiences and all your practical tips that you've kind of gleaned throughout medical school and I think the last thing to say is just a huge thank you to David for helping us out in the last couple of episodes um, hopefully you guys will find these episodes useful and help mm. you to pass your exams let us know if you've used these as part of your exam yeah. prep David are you on Twitter? I am can I I'll, uh, I'll tweet you I'll Thank tweet you about how my Oscars yeah, go. I need to do yeah. more tweeting. I'll get yeah, back into it, yeah. I promise. Yeah, yeah we'll, it, all, all Sharp Scratch listeners will be tweeting you and saying, I've got to pass my Oscars. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome, man. And thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to be here. <laughs> um, it's been really great to have you on, and um, I'm definitely going to be taking some of these tips back with me to medical school. Mm. So, uh, you know, if I don't pass my finals. It's uh, on you. Uh, that's <laughs> that's <Wow>. on you. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> Laura, I no swear pressure. you're reading my script. That's what you <laughs> we both have a brilliant sense of humor. <laughs> um, so, David, do you have any final thoughts about OSCEs or life in general to leave our listeners with? I think med school is long and med school is hard, and we are often real perfectionists as med students and aspiring doctors. And I think often we can be very harsh on ourselves through med school about thinking about, oh, there's so much I don't know and so much I still need to do, and all these OSCEs and stress. And I think 
look after yourself be proud of yourself i think look at how much you already know however far you're in you already know a lot more than you did when you started and you've got it it's going to be fine you'll be great well thank you so much david declan and lara have you got any final thoughts for our listeners what have i learned today yes i'm gonna think carefully about whether i can incorporate the polo strategy into my yeah. into it doesn't my have skis. to be polo could be any suite of your choice any <laughs> brand of mint is what about you declan any final thoughts um, you know, just take it easy when you go into a station, you know, take a deep breath, introduce yourself, wash your hands, and then... Don't lose your rag with the examiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try not Try to punch to, the yeah, examiner. Try not to, storm yeah. out. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a, it was a, it bad, was a learning bad moment in my life. I've learned from it, yeah. Things are learning experience, <laughs> And it? it's okay to be nervous. Everyone's nervous. Yeah. Yeah. That's normal. You just have to project that you look calm and confident on the outside. Yeah. It's all about acting. That's all from us on Sharp Scratch today. If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts and in two weeks' time, you'll get our next episode straight to your phone. While you wait for the next episode, why not check us out on social media? We're BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and we would genuinely love to hear how your exams have gone. Let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag Sharp Scratch and we'd also love to hear your ideas for what we could cover later on in the season. It's really helpful to us if you can leave a rating and even a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your pods, as it helps other med students find the show. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.